from Tokyo, Japan and New Plymouth, New Zealand. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Samantha Vega. Boy, oh boy, am I ever in the middle of reading a great book. And what book would that be, Samantha? It's called Chip Wars. It's all about the history of the semiconductor industry and how it's changed the world and continues to have an impact on us. Oh, that is a fantastic book. I listened to the audiobook of it about six months ago. I highly recommend it to anyone interested not only in technology, but geopolitics. Semiconductors certainly play a role in that as well. It's interesting you mentioned chip wars, as today's episode is directly connected to cutting-edge technology and how it relates to language learning. Technology and language learning. That is intriguing. What is our topic today? Well, I had the opportunity to sit down with Stephen Toy, the CEO of the language learning app Memrise. Very cool. Did artificial intelligence come up? Absolutely. We talked about how AI is revolutionizing language learning. And of course, we also discussed Memrise's pedagogy and unique approach to language learning. I have divided the interview into two parts. Today, we will listen to part one, and afterwards, Samantha and I will discuss some of the vocabulary and phrases that came up in my conversation with Steve. Part two of the interview will drop in a couple of days. And bonus vocabulary for D2B members? Yes, of course. There will be bonus vocabulary episodes for D2B members. And I will release those sometime after part one and part two come out. So D2B members, be sure you are subscribed to your members-only RSS feed. You don't want to miss out on your bonus vocabulary. No, you don't. So let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with Stephen Toy, CEO of Memrise, talking about AI and language learning. With the rapid commercial adoption of artificial intelligence in recent months, the language learning market worldwide is on the cusp of a significant transformation. AI-powered language learning platforms promise to revolutionize the way we learn and acquire new languages, making the entire process more accessible, more personalized, and more effective than ever before. Or, at least that is the promise. Joining me today on Down to Business English to talk about AI in the language learning industry is Mr. Stephen Toy, CEO of the popular online language learning platform Memrise. Founded in 2010 and based in London, UK, Memrise is well known for its approach to language learning. It offers courses in over 23 languages and has a user base of 65 million learners. It comes as no surprise that Memrise has been an industry leader in implementing AI technology and GPT into their platform. Stephen, welcome to Down to Business English. 
Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So we'll get into Memrise and AI in a bit, but I'd like to start off with you just taking a moment and introducing yourself to the audience and telling us about your professional background and perhaps a little bit about your career path. Sure. Well, my career path has been an interesting dovetailing of what I have done with my sort of community nonprofit efforts in the realm of adult literacy. I have for decades been working on helping adults who, for whatever reason, got to adulthood and could not read, helping them learn how to read. It is sort of uh, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, mm -hmm. teach him to fish, feed him for life. Reading is a modern day fishing. And that has combined with my journeyman uh, progress through the tech world, uh, which has included lots of contact with AI technologies and the mobile app business. So I'm the CEO here at Memrise, which is a language learning app. And prior to that, I was running a company called Apollon, which was a portfolio of over 50 mobile apps in the IAC empire. Uh, where we had apps of all size and description. And during my time there, we acquired a company called iTranslate, which is a translation app in, out in the world today, competitive with Google Translate. And prior to that, I was at EY doing, deploying AI technology for the purposes of making a tax business more efficient. And um, I've been at Billboard with the music industry and Portal with the online travel agency world. Um, so all of it has been leadership roles in technology companies. So it's a real intersection of education and technology. Absolutely. So Applon, I believe I have a couple Applon apps on my mobile phone. Would, would, would travel be one of those? Probably not travel. We have uh, our Apollon. I'm no longer there, but Apollon has a couple wet, different weather apps. Um, it has coloring book apps, VPN apps, uh, productivity apps. And um, then in the greater uh, realm of Mosaic within IAC is I translate and Daily Burn and Robocaller. So there's many, many different apps in that general universe within the IAC empire. Okay. Well, Let's talk a little bit about the global language learning market. I, you know, just doing a cursory search on the internet about the size of this market. I've seen figures from 40, the, the, the market is worth $40 billion worldwide to as much as 120, 150, 120 billion. Could you give us a little definition of what the global language learning market is and how big it is? Yeah, there, there's a number of you know well-known market research companies that have tried to put a number on it, and it seems as if the uh, gravitational pull of about 60 billion in 2021 is um, where people are landing as the sort of accepted size of the market, and they expect it to grow rapidly um, to as much as 190 billion in 2028. But that's the entire right. global language learning market. Then there is the, the space that we occupy, which is the global language learning application market. Right. And 
that sliver of the market was about three billion in 2021, and it's projected to reach about seven billion in 2026. So, still good size and growing quickly. In. Yeah, yeah, and growing quickly. That's true. And and where does Memrise fit in 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 what did you how did you term your segment or your sliver of the market? The global language learning application application is. Yeah, so, so where does Memrise fit in in that? So obviously, if we're looking at the overall market, we're relatively small in number, uh, a small amount of that sixty billion number. But in the global app marketplace, we probably sit in terms of revenue at about five. Um, number five on revenue, um, if that's how you're measuring. But if you're measuring it based on the use of technology and the approach to learning from a, an immersive language, learning a language like you're in country, well, then we're clearly number one by a long shot because we are using technology in a way that very few other people are using anywhere in industry, let alone the language learning industry. Right. And that's what I really want to talk about. Now... Memrise has a great origin story, and I have a little bit of a, not a personal connection to the origin story, but it resonated to me, and I'd really love you to tell our listeners, you know, how Memrise started and a little bit about where it came from. Yeah, well, so Memrise got started by um, three friends at Oxford, um, Ed Cook and Ben Whateley and Greg Detra, who were all studying at Oxford together, and um, they really had interesting concepts on how one can learn more effectively. And one of the three, Ed Cook, um, went on to start competing in memory contests, right? where you go and you memorize uh, four shuffled decks of cards in a certain amount of time uh -huh. and various different memory athletic skills. And uh, managed to win the U.S. Memory Grand Championship um, uh, some time ago and um, proving that these techniques of how you memorize things well and effectively and quickly can actually be deployed. And during that uh, contest, there was a, um, a New York Times journalist named Joshua Foer who um, was there and he came up to Ed after the contest. He was like, it's just amazing. Like you, you do something that's supernatural. I could never do that. And Ed looked at Joshua and said, sure you can, I can teach you. Wow. And that's begun a, a, a year long journey by Joshua with Ed and other people to train in memory championships. And Joshua went ahead and won that same contest the next year. That's incredible. Yeah. And then, and then he turned around and wrote, the book Moonwalking with Einstein, right. uh, and, which is about that journey mm. and uh, made it to the New York Times bestseller list and is on Bill Gates's reading list. And it's, uh, it's a great story. And um, Ed then brought all of that um, to the creation of Memrise along with Ben and Greg, and they began making an app that helps people memorize things. So Memrise actually started off as uh, just your basic memory app. Exactly. It was a memory mm -hmm. app to help you memorize words of a different language or birds of North America mm -hmm. and flags of the world or prime ministers of England or what, whatever it may be. So um, that's how it started. And thus the name. 
great name memorize uh, uh so i i was on a fishing trip uh i was on a fishing trip i believe it's about 10 years ago i'm i guess that would be in the time frame of this but i was on a fishing mm -hmm. trip and one of the members on that trip is probably the smartest person i know and he was talking about this book he was reading moonwalking right. with einstein and i was really captivated by it and I downloaded it or bought it and I'm sure I got through the introduction, but I didn't get very far. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I, I was really pleased to, um, see the connection, not pleased, but it was quite interesting to me to see the connection between that book and, and the founding of, of Memrise. So let's talk about what Memrise is or what it does. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, how does the app work and, and who would use it? Yeah. Well, I guess the easiest way to describe it is that the concept, the philosophy, the pedagogy that Memrise has is that the best way to learn a language is to go in country and survive. Right. And that is just backed by reams of academic data, but you don't even need that because anybody who's actually tried to learn a language and go into the country that speaks it knows deep in their bones, with absolute certainty, that two weeks in France uh, gets you more French than two years in high school, right? Uh, six months in Japan gets you more than five years in courses or playing with an app. It just is the case. And the reason that that is the case is because you learn words like you do with apps or you do in school. But then you are thrust into a world where those words are coming at you at different speeds, mm -hmm. with different accents and different contexts, surrounded by words you don't know. And your brain has to decode that. It's one thing to look at a flashcard and say, oh, I know what that word means. It's another thing to have it zooming in at you um, in an auditory manner and try to pick it out and decode it. And that happens nonstop when you're in country. And then... People really hate actually using the language early in the journey because they're worried that people are going to think they're stupid. Yeah, absolutely. They're worried that, mm -hmm. <laughs> worried that people will you know, think, oh, you sound like a five-year-old because you sound like a five-year-old. You only have 250 words of the, of the language and you don't know how to pronounce it all well. And so people don't speak and you really need to. But when you're in country, if you want a beer or a sandwich or a train ticket to the next town, you're going to have to use the language. And so that reality of being in country, we boil down to three words. Learn, where you learn the words. Mm -hmm. Immerse, where it's just coming at you and you have to decode it. And then communicate. You have to use the words and be understood in order to get what it is that you want to obtain. So with that learn, immerse, communicate pedagogy, we have uh, built on the learn component of our app, the memorize component of our app, and um, used technology to develop immersive and communicative experiences, technology that only became available in the recent past, um, but we leapt on, and um, that is sort of the heart of how, uh, how and where we're integrated AI technology. So before I dive into that, I'll, I'll pause there to see if- Well, no, I'm, that... I'm following you, so I'm really, uh, intrigued by the three pillars of your pedagogy, um, you know, learn, immerse, communicate. And I, you know, honestly, I 
I've known about Memrise for quite some time. I personally have never used it until last week. I signed up. I became a premium member. Right. I I am immersed. I'm living in Japan. I'm immersed with the Japanese. And it's kind of funny. My yeah. Japanese is terrible. And I'm famously yeah. known amongst my colleagues for having such poor Japanese language skills. But the language I need to use in a taxi or in a restaurant or in a bar, I can use. But when I get into a business yeah. meeting, I'm, I can, I'm lost. So, right. So I signed up to memorize and I've played around quite a bit with the Japanese learning uh, portion of the platform. Yeah. And I'm quite, quite interested in trying it out. I'm going to give it a year and see how it does. Uh, so where exactly does the AI come in? Like which part of the application is it being used and, and, and how is it being used? So there are two key intersections between AI technology and what we do. And the first and arguably most significant. Learn, immerse, communicate. I like it. It certainly is a very organic approach for a language learning app. I should give it a try to learn Spanish or something. <laughs> Spanish, that's an idea. Anyway. We don't want this episode to run too long, so let's just jump right into vocabulary for today. Sure thing. Let's do it. Let's get D2V down to vocabulary. Do you find down-to-business English helpful in your English studies? Consider becoming a D2B member today to learn and retain even more words, phrases, and expressions used by native English speakers in professional situations. What do you get with a D2B membership plan? First, bonus content in the form of exclusive members-only D2B episodes. Second, expanded D2V or down-to-vocabulary episodes that accompany each public episode of Down to Business English. Third, full access to the entire library of D2B audio scripts all the way from Season 1, Episode 1, to our most recent D2B episode. And on top of all of that, D2B members receive automatic email delivery of audio scripts for recently released episodes. No longer will there be the need to go through the time-consuming process of visiting the website, logging into your account, locating an episode, and then downloading the audio script file. Interested in becoming a D2B member? Visit the Down to Business English website and click on the membership link at the top of the page to sign up and start enjoying these benefits today. On the cusp. On the cusp? Yes, the idiom on the cusp is the first phrase on our list today. I am sure we have covered this idiom in the past. I know that I use it a lot. Even if we have covered it before, it is worth reviewing. When you say that you were on the cusp of doing something, or that something is on the cusp of happening, what you mean is that you are at the point when something is going to change very soon. I used this idiom right at the beginning of my interview when I was introducing Stephen. 
I said that the learning language market was on the cusp of transformation. In other words, Skip was saying that the language learning market is going to change a lot in the near future. As I said, I often use this idiom, and when I do use it, I'm most often talking about something that I almost did in the past, but at the last minute decided not to do it. Hmm. Can you give us an example of that? I came to Japan in 1997. For the first several years, I mainly taught English in high schools and colleges, and I really enjoyed it. But after a little while, I got somewhat tired of the whole routine. I was on the cusp of returning to Canada when I got a job teaching business English to adults in their companies. There is a difference. A huge difference. After changing to business English, I decided to stay in Japan. And now you will never leave. Well, I never say never. <laughs> Moving on. Next on our list is the noun phrase gravitational pull. Gravity, the noun, is the invisible force that exists between two objects in nature. As in the force that pulls the moon towards the Earth, or the Earth towards the sun, or the force that pulls your smartphone crashing into the ground when you accidentally drop it.、Mm, I hate when that happens. Not a pleasant experience. As you can imagine, gravity is everywhere, and we live with it every second of our lives. And because it is such an easy concept to understand, the word gravity, in all of its word forms—gravity, gravitational, gravitate—they show up a lot in English idiomatically. In the interview, Skip mentioned that he had read different reports about the size of the global language learning market. Some reports put the size of the market at 40 billion, and others as high as 120 billion. Then he asked Steve how big the market actually was, and Steve answered that there seemed to be a gravitational pull to 60 billion dollars, that most people accept as being the true size. In other words, most people are pulled or attracted to that number. They feel the market generates about 60 billion dollars a year. As I said, you will hear all the word forms of gravity used idiomatically, and depending on the context, the nuance changes slightly. So gravity can convey attraction, pull, heaviness, anything related to the concept of gravity. For example, most business people gravitate to LinkedIn versus Facebook or Twitter in order to network with clients. Which means they are attracted to or prefer to use LinkedIn over Facebook. Hmm. I was in a meeting the other day, and one of the members was complaining that she didn't think the rest of the team understood the gravity of the issue we were discussing. So you were discussing a heavy or serious issue. She thought so. <laughs> do you have another word? I do. The next and final D2V item today is the verb deploy. When you deploy something, you use it in a very efficient or effective way. Steve told Skip the origin story behind Memrise, and how one of its founders, Ed Cook, won a Memory Grand Championship competition. 
He commented that the memorization techniques Ed used to win the championship can be deployed to improve one's memory. In other words, these memory techniques can be used effectively. And I would infer that those concepts were applied in the making of Memrise. They would be. Can you give us an example of using deploy in a business context, Skip? I could. Are you familiar with TMSC? I am, after reading Chip Wars. The Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, of course. They are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, chip makers in the world. They are. And at the end of December last year, they deployed their most advanced chip, their long-awaited 3-nanometer integrated circuit. Is that small? Oh, yeah. Three billionths of a meter. Mm, yeah, that's small. Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show. And that brings us to the end of part one of my interview with Stephen Toy, CEO of the language learning app Memrise. Thanks for helping out with the vocabulary, Samantha. Happy to, Skip. D2B members, be sure you are subscribed to your members-only RSS feed because the bonus down to vocabulary for part one of Steve's interview will drop tomorrow. In that episode, we will go through five more words and expressions used in the interview. And they are? They are to dovetail, to be cursory, a long shot, to know something deep in your bones, and to boil down. And everyone, D2B members and non-members, be sure to give Memrise a try. I've downloaded the app myself on my iPhone and I'm using it to try to improve my Japanese. I'll put links to Memrise in the show notes of this episode, but I am sure you can easily find it in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Just search for Memrise. M-E-M-R-I-S-E. That's M-E-M-R-I-S-E. When can listeners expect part two of your interview with Steve? Good question. It will be out later this week. Cool. I look forward to hearing it. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you soon. Take care. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.